0: Welcome to the Open Adoption Project. I'm Sean Nelson, and in today's podcast, we'll be sharing an interview with my wife, Lynette, and Kathy Crosno. Kathy is from Texas in the United States, and she is a birth mother. She shares her story of placing her daughter for adoption and how that led to her forming a very open adoption relationship with her oldest daughter and her adoptive parents. Kathy also talks about letting love guide in relationships and how her family has supported her in the ups and downs of her journey. I personally loved listening to this conversation between Lynette and Kathy, and I hope that you really enjoy it as well. She has a great story to tell.
1: Hey, so we are on the podcast now with Kathy. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. To
2: start off, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Absolutely. So um, my husband and I live in the southeast part of Texas, just right outside of Houston, Texas. We have um, four kiddos who are, let's see if I can get this right, Um, seven, no, six, eight, 10, and 13. And right now, just um, loving, you know, having a busy, full life.
1: <laughs> so fun. Four kids. That's a lot. That's exciting.
2: It is. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's so different than I think I ever um, envisioned. And it's like now I can't imagine it not that way. So I love it. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We have four kids too and keeps us so busy, but it's the best. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It really is. It really so is. So fun. Awesome. All right. Well, can you tell us a bit about your adoption story? Just whatever you feel comfortable sharing.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I am a birth mom and um, I was actually in college when I found out I was pregnant. Um, Adoption was not anything that I was familiar with. I didn't know anyone who had been adopted. Um, You know, 20 years ago, it just looked a whole lot different than it looks today. And so, um, but however, I knew in the place that I was at 22, um, that God immediately laid adoption on my heart. It wasn't, you know, a good, healthy relationship, you know, that I had, you know, that you envision when you envision, you know, starting a family and that sort of thing. And it was so interesting how just immediately I knew I was to choose adoption. Now I had grown up in the church. Um, but I can't say that I ever really had a relationship with God. Now, we checked the boxes. I was at church every Sunday, I was at Sunday school, all those things. but um, it was obvious to me, like I had no doubt that that's what was happening. And so, um, after I found out I was pregnant, I actually moved home to finish my pregnancy and um, just have the support of my family and that sort of thing. And I started working with Catholic family services because I knew I wanted to choose adoption. Um, however, I didn't think that was the way I wanted to go. Adoption had been laid on my heart, but I also felt like God was telling me who he wanted to raise this baby as crazy as that sounds. But, um, a few years before that I had been in a wedding And we, I was getting my hair done to go to this wedding and the woman that cut my hair that day, I absolutely fell in love with and started to go to her after that. And so even when I was in college, every time I would come home, she was who like would cut my hair, that sort of thing. And, um, I just had this connection with her and she and her husband, um, had been trying to get pregnant. And while I was at school, I had heard that they had gotten pregnant But had lost both of their babies. Um, And so that was in July of of 2000. I found out I was pregnant that fall. So while I was home, you know, I've come from a very, um, like a big small town as far as I feel like everybody kind of knows everybody, even though it's a bigger city. But so she had found out and heard, of course, that I was pregnant and I had gone back to her while I was there and got my hair cut the whole nine yards. And I had just asked her, because to be honest, I didn't even know if adoption was on their radar. And so I just asked her, you know, would it be okay if, you know, I met with she and her husband and really didn't mention about, you know, what it was about. But she said to me, um, you know, she kind of teared up and she had just said, ever since I found out you were pregnant, I knew this was our baby. And, um, I just, it's, I was just, it was crazy how it worked out. And so, um, and that was kind of towards the end of my pregnancy was interesting. It was, I don't know if I was in denial or what, but that was later on in my pregnancy when I finally was like, okay, I need to, this clock is ticking. I need to ask them. And, um, but they were so great. She, um, you know, uh, they were there for me those last couple of months. They'd wanted to find out the sex of the baby. And so I often say that that's when I really realized um, in the midst of the sonographer congratulating them and everybody being so excited, that's when it really hit me that somebody else's you know, excitement was my grief. And so I think that's when it really started to, okay, this is what's kind of happening. Um, because up until that point, I don't know. Like I said, maybe it was just denial, but, um, you know, not thinking about the end part of it right then it was kind of just getting through, you know, day by day at that point. So, um, when I had Lex, um, I was so fortunate. The doctor knew I was choosing adoption and he gave me the full three days in the hospital, which was such a blessing to me and my family. Um, we had a ceremony right there in the hospital for Lexi. We had her baptized and um although my family was very very supportive my mom definitely wanted to make sure that i knew that they would help me raise this baby if that if that was the route i wanted to go um however i was so sure of what i was to do that i just didn't waver from that um however i you know of course appreciated that and i know how being a mom myself now you know just the the compassion and you know how hard that must have been for them to walk this walk as well um But uh, those three days were amazing in the hospital. And I always say that, you know, up until, you know, that point, they were the best three days of my life. Um, It was um, just this experience that I don't know. It was just amazing. And, um, my mom was there, my dad, my brother, and, um, you know, lots of friends and family came to love on her and love on me. And it was just a really, really special time. Um, I actually videoed all three days. Um, back then it was like on VHS, the camcorder. Um, and I still have all of those and I've had them converted to DVD, but I have yet to ever watch them. It's just been, um, it's really just till too hard as crazy as that is, um, 20 years later, but, um, you know, I often say that when I was in the hospital, um, you know, I remember Lex, um, you know, being in that bassinet, you know, next to my next to my bed and just wondering, you know, is she ever going to know how much I love her? You know, is she ever going to know that right now I'm truly doing what I feel like is the best for the both of us? You know, I chose adoption because I wanted her to have a mom and a dad, you know, I wanted her to have. A complete family to love her to um you know to raise her and um at that point you know i knew that wasn't something that that i could provide and so um you know when i left the hospital it was so hard because you know you're you're leaving a part of you behind you know i rolled out of that hospital with no baby in my arms and so it that was very very difficult um deborah and steve were at the hospital. Um, But I just wasn't really ready to see them with her yet. And so I experienced all the things with Lex in my hospital room. And then they got to experience like the first bath and all that great stuff down in the nursery. And they were so great and had said, you know, that I was, they were comfortable with me being a part of Lexi's life as little or as much as I wanted to. And I really knew that in that in that beginning part that I really needed that time to grieve and they really needed that time to become a family, um, you know, outside of me. Um, I didn't know what I was capable of at that point. And so, um, I had actually attended some grief share classes at a local church, um, that my mom had found that really helped me, um, Kind of know what to expect as far as gr- what grief looks like. Now there wasn't anything for adoption or adoptive parents or anything like that. So I was actually attending classes um, from people that had lost children. And so while that was hard on a whole nother level because I was there for a different reason, it also gave me the tools to know that, okay, these are the stages that you're going to go through and that when you do go through them, it's completely normal. And so at 22, that was very, very helpful. Um, So, but fast forward. So now I had had Lex and um, I had actually moved back to school shortly after to finish college. And, um, Deborah was great about sending letters and photos. And I found that checking the mail was literally like my favorite thing to do. Um, you know, I loved getting to see her in that way. I was home the following summer, uh, a year, a year after she was born right before her first birthday, like the day before her first birthday, my mom had had surgery and I was there, I was actually on my way out of town back to uh, school and I was in a parking lot waiting for like a pack and mail to open. And they had a sign on the door that they'd like be right back. And I happened to look over in the car next to me was Deborah and Lexi. And, um, just, <laughs> it gets me emotional. Um, and you know, we just kind of got out of the car and it was just like, that was it. You know, from that point forward, um, we became a family and she, um, you know, they are so gracious that they. And I'm so thankful for that they allowed me and my family to become a part of theirs. And it really was just that, um, it was a very natural transition, um, We, uh, every time I was home, of course I would see them, but my mom and my, some other family still lived there. And so very quickly, my mom and her husband were Mimi and Papa, and my brother was uncle Mike, and we started spending holidays together. And as Lexi got older, you know, we were able to, um, and especially when James and I married, Um, you know, she was here with us some, and it was just all natural because she just doesn't know a life without us. And so for that, I am extremely thankful.
1: That is so beautiful. So can you tell us a bit about what your relationship looks like today with Lex and her family?
2: Yes. So, um, so like I said, we, um, you know, have always been a part of her life. In fact, James and I married when Lexi was only three. And so she doesn't know life without James either, which I'm super um, thankful for that. And he loves her like his own. It's been such a blessing because we've had these times together as far as like she would come spend Christmas with us or Thanksgiving or spring break and summer vacations and that sort of thing. And like I said, that was all a natural thing. It was never, you know, we asked for or asked for time with her. It was just, we're part of the family. She wants to spend time with us, you know, especially since we have four kids of our own as well. And so that's all just kind of been a natural progression. But I will tell you that um, she decided to come to college at Texas A&M, which we live right west of Houston. So it's only about an hour and 20 minute drive from us, which is Amazing because she's so close. And so last year, when the pandemic hit and there was like the seven weeks of shutdown, she actually came and quarantined with us. And when she started, and I think that's when it all shifted as far as she's always been a part of our family. And but she was this out of town company that would come stay and visit, or she was somebody that we would come and see. When she got to be in in the every day for seven weeks, it was like, now she's part of our family. And so it's just, I don't know, it was just kind of a little bit of a dynamic shift. Um, everybody's relationships deepened. Um, I love that she is so close because she can come here so often when she's having a bad day or things at school aren't, you know, that kind of thing. We're a safe place for her to land. James and I have been people, you know, she kind of laughs now, um, but that we can like tell her the hard truths and love, you know, it's like things that, um, we can help coach her through now. And so I often say to her, you know, Lex, I don't think that God put us back in your life, you know, 20 years ago when you were one, I think he put us back in our, your life back then. So we could have the relationship that we have now, because, um, it's just been such a special relationship now that she's here so close.
1: I love that. What would your advice be for families that are working on navigating these relationships that are maybe less traditional and they're not sure how to do it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I totally get that because, um, you know, I realize that ours is definitely super, super special. I think the one thing that I would say is that I think it's common to perceive the birth family maybe as a threat. And I get that. I know there's situations where they've changed minds and I know how hurtful, um, you know, that can be to someone who is hoping to adopt. But at the end of the day, I don't believe that they're a threat. I believe that they're just an extension of your family. You know, there is this family that has chosen life for this baby and has chosen a better life for this baby. And they've entrusted this other family with this child. And so to me, it's just that many more people that now love that child, And, um, and, and so that's what I I think my biggest advice would be is to kind of put down the more contractual side of it, meaning, oh, well, I have to have this many letters, you know, or I want you to send me this many pictures. No, just like embrace each other. um, because you are like one family, maybe not in a traditional way, but you know, you share this, this amazing bond of this child. And I think that when you can just love everyone that's a part of that, I think that it just really helps strengthen all those relationships. And I think it makes it easier for the child in the long run, because it's not a, you know, a a forced situation or, oh, I have to do this. You know, it's it's you want to. Yeah, I love
1: that. That is really similar to how we have done our open adoption so far. But my oldest is 10. And I love hearing how this is looking down the road more. Absolutely. I, and I hope, yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
2: And I think that the younger they are, I think they're okay with easier answers. You know, yeah. Lexi always knew and my kids always know that, you know, Lexi was born in, in my belly and she was born in Deborah and Steve's heart. And, you know, as the years and as she got older, the questions definitely got harder. But I love that we have an open relationship where she can ask me the hard questions. She is okay with asking, you know, why not me? You know, why, why was I not good enough? You know, those are fair and valid questions, you know, because she see who it makes me, it chokes me up because she sees my life now, right. She sees me married. She sees me with four kids and it was never about not wanting her. It was never about not wanting her with me. It was about what I wanted for her, you know? And so, um, I love now that she can, be a part of our family and feel um, included and wanted by us and her own family. So cool. And I
1: love how the seven week quarantine really helped to gel that
2: relationship in a new and better way, even. Yes. And it was definitely time that I knew we would never get again. And so, so, so thankful for that time.
1: Very neat. Yeah.
2: Before Lex was
1: born, what was your knowledge of or experience with adoption?
2: Okay. Yeah, I really didn't have any. We we didn't have any friends. I believe my mom had worked with somebody who maybe had adopted a child. And so maybe I'd heard about it that way, but I definitely didn't know anything about adoption. I didn't know... Um, what open adoption would look like or closed adoption. I had just not been exposed to it, nor had I really done the research yet when it came time for adoption in my own life. It was just, like I said, it was just a way that I knew I was to go and really hadn't asked many questions about it. Um, And so it was definitely foreign. I love that adoption is being talked about more and more today I love that um, open adoption is talked about more. I love that, you know, that's an option, you know, because I do feel like when people are in unplanned pregnancies that, um, you know, keeping the child and abortion are probably the top two ways that people go to first. I love that adoption is being talked about more so people know that that's an option as well and that it's a loving option. You know, I think it's a hard option you know, you carry around, um, okay, well, people are going to know that you're pregnant, right. They're going to know, um, about a mistake that you made or choices that you made that you may not be proud of. And so I, you know, I feel like that there comes a a scarlet letter with that as how I felt, you know, being pregnant and not married. Um, and so I think it's a hard walk to walk but I want people. I love that people are hearing about that it is an option, and um, that it's a it's a brave and loving option.
1: I love that. Had you ever heard of open adoption before?
2: I you know I I can't say with certainty if I had or not. Um, I'm sure I, I must have, but um, it, it was definitely not on my radar. No, what that would look like or not. It was just when I talked with Deborah and Steve, you know, they immediately were like, you can be as involved as little or as much. And so I really didn't have any expectations at that point. And even in the last 20 years, I have not ever felt like they owed me anything. You know, I feel blessed and honored that they've allowed me to be such a close and, um, you know, role in Lexi's life. But I also know that they certainly didn't have to do that. And so, um, I didn't have any expectations and I'm really just thankful for, um, just how generous that they've been
1: had you guys seen other open adoptions that you were trying to model your relationship after, or did it really just flow completely naturally no. from that point? Yeah. So no, cool.
2: no open adoption relationships that we, were familiar with. Um, and I can't say even since then, um, only since we started sharing Lexi and I took to a Facebook live about three years ago. And that's when we really kind of did, um, started sharing. And that's when, um people were like oh my gosh i had no idea or you know um they would share with us you know about maybe they were adopted or you know those kind of puzzle pieces fitting together but no we we don't know of anyone else kind of walking the walk especially in the stage that we're in yeah well, very neat For people who are listening, who have a
1: family member or a friend who are working with an unplanned pregnancy, what advice would you give them? It sounds like your parents were super supportive and helpful. What would you suggest to other people trying to help a loved one through an unplanned pregnancy?
2: Yes, I was very fortunate um, that my family was so supportive. You know, I think um, honesty is so important in communication. And, um, I think just loving that person along the way, you know, acknowledging the, um, difficulty of the choice and the journey. And then, um, you know, like I said, just kind of being there kind of every step of the way, it was great for me. Like I said, to, you know, get involved in a grief share group that was super helpful. I know that lots of Um, pregnancy centers have great options as far as, you know, adoption post and pre care. There's lots of adoption agencies out there that offer that, um, that I of course, wasn't aware of then, you know, we didn't have the internet at our fingers like we do now. Um, so I would say, you know, get involved in those support groups, you know, because there are other people that are going through what you're going through and that you don't have to walk it alone and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, you don't have to figure out what steps need to be taken all by yourself. And so I think that, you know, getting the support from other resources is, is very, very valuable. I love that. How do you feel going through that trauma
1: therapy? Um, group help you prepare for the relationship that you have now with Lex and with her other parents?
2: Yeah. Um, You know, I think more than anything, it just helped me, like I had mentioned before, just kind of knowing the stages of grief. I think it's also helped me explain that to her because she has her own grief that she has to go through. You know as an adopted child and so i think that that was important for me to recognize and you know that wasn't until she was much older that we had those conversations but expressing to her that hey listen it's okay if you're mad at me or if these feelings come up because i'm not going anywhere so i'm going to be here you can ask me the hard questions about you know what this process has looked like for you because this, you know, that I talk about is my side of the adoption story. You know, her parents have a different side and she has a different side. And so it looks different for all of us. And so, um, you know, acknowledging that for her and then, um, you know, helping her through, um, that grief, I think that the hardest part for me has been, I don't grieve, It's amazing because grief still sneaks up on me, especially around her birthday. Um, And it is, whoo. it gets me every single year. Even when I think like, even this past year, I remember waking up and it was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be a great day, you know? And then it's like, it just boom, hits me. And then it's like, I'm like in tears all day long. But um, I still grieve the baby that I left behind. And so Lexi and I have this close relationship and I love that. And so I think sometimes it surprises me that the grief is still so raw so often because we are so close and I do have a relationship with her. And so that has been surprising to me. Um, it does get better, you know, every single day, you know, it gets better. I think that'll always be a part of me that I have. Um, as far as, you know, when you look at like, like trauma, um, I think it just gets a little bit easier. Um, and so I don't know if that helped If that answered that I kind of went all around this.
1: Now, that was really helpful. What are some of your tips for helping people get through that grief that probably will always be something they need
2: to work with? Yeah, I think um, being honest and, um, and communicating because, you know, my grief is going to affect those around me. And so, you know, being open and honest with, you know, my husband or my kids that, Hey, tomorrow may be hard. Or, um, and so that, that way you're not, you're not going through it alone and that those people kind of know what to expect too, because, um, you know, they weren't a part of that situation. And so I can't expect them to know what's going on with me. And so I think, um, you know, being open and honest and, you know, even now, and it's probably gotten better the last couple of years, but, you know, for the longest part, every time I would see, um, a pregnant woman or I would hear a baby crying. I mean, it would overcome me. And it was important that James knew that. I mean, he picks up on it, you know, now, um, you know, just so, you know, I may need your arm around me a little longer today, or I may need just a few more minutes by myself today. Um, And so I think just being open and honest with those around you is, is such a game changer because then they can like be there and help you walk through that as well love that and support you and help you. Yes, exactly. Very cool. All right.
1: So what have you struggled with since placement and what do you wish the others knew or understood?
2: Um, I can't say I've never regretted my decision of adoption. It, um, so as far as like what I've struggled with, I think the hardest part about an open adoption is being able to sit back and watch. You know, uh, because (laughs) there are no such thing as perfect parents. I'm not a perfect parent. My parents were not perfect parents. And so, but I do think sitting back and watching things unfold um, when you really can't control or protect has been very, very difficult. Um, Lexi's parents ended up divorcing when she um, was around like in the fourth grade. And so, um, although we loved all of them through that, you know, it was very, very hard, um, to just, like I said, sit back and watch. And so that part is hard. However, I still would not change who I chose. I would not change my decision. I, um, they're, they're human, just like, just like I am. And so, you know, I, I extended that grace, you know, immediately, um, that was never anything, you know that I expected them to be, you know, perfect parents at all. But again, at the same time, just kind of sitting back and watching her go through the hard was very, very difficult, was very, very difficult. Yeah.
1: How has your relationship with your daughter and her adoptive family evolved over time?
2: I think it's important, you know, there was definitely some, um, you know, adjustments kind of when they were going through, um, you know, their divorce and kind of working on their own stuff in their family. But as the years have evolved, you know, it's interesting because now we spend a lot more time with just Lexi, whereas before a lot of times it was them as a family. And so but even now, like we were back home in August and we saw Deborah, you know, we went and saw Deborah where she works and loved on her. And we went and had dinner with Steve. And, you know, we make it a point to still see them every time we're in town. And, you know, they come here and visit. And so um, they're still a huge part of our family Um, and and I love that. I love that. And and then of course, you know, with Lexi, our relationship has just really grown and and gotten stronger. My kids adore her. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, they're still my, my uh, younger two are still little enough, but it's like, you know, they understand that she's their half sister. Um, but it's almost in a funny way. Like, it's like, yeah. Like when they introduce her, you know, like, well, this is my sister, but she doesn't really live with us. And her parents live somewhere else. You know, it's like, okay, okay, you know, but, um, and so it's kind of cute to watch, but they, they adore her. And, um, I'm so thankful, you know, with her being closer, you know, she came in last week to see my son play one of his football games and, you know, just the little things that she's able to be involved in as part of their life. I love because she was an only child. And so I think it fills her cup too that she has these other four, um, you know, that she's able to love on and, and be a part of, of their lives too. So that's been really, really cool to, to watch evolve as as they've all gotten older.
1: I love that. What a neat relationship for them. Yeah. To have. Yeah. So cool. what have you struggled with regarding adoption and what do you wish that others knew?
2: So I can't say that I would say that I've struggled with a whole lot with adoption not saying that it's been easy. I've had plenty of hard times. Um, it's definitely not all rainbows and butterflies, but I think what I would want people to know the most, and I kind of mentioned it earlier was, um, to look at adoption, not contractually. I think, um, so often that, um, people feel that they're maybe entitled um, to a certain um, way. I think that um, while in some areas, I know that that's probably necessary. And like I said, I know that our story looks so different than many others and they all look different. I think that when you take the half tos out of it, it makes it so much better because there's not the pressure on either end on the adoptive family or on the birth family And when you can just really, you know, come together as one family loving on this child, um, rather than what you feel like you're owed or you have to do. Um, I just think that it really makes that dynamic so, so much better. I
1: feel like with my first two kids in the very beginning of their adoption stories, we probably did look at it more contractually and as, and it was a lot of work, honestly. And so eventually that just dropped out. And when that, I have to do this kind of thing. Like, Oh, we need to make sure we do a visit because it's time. Right. When that yeah. dropped and it just became about love and family and having that relationship. It's been so much more fulfilling, so much more enjoyable. I love that. So beautiful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. I totally agree. I totally agree. It's like when you take that pressure off of it, mm-hmm. of the have tos, it's like when you just let it kind of happen naturally, it's yes. going to, and you know what? It, it, it looks different for everybody. And probably with every adoption and every child, you know, it may take longer with some, and it may be quicker right out of the gate. And I think knowing that just even with your own children, right. It's like, they're all so different, you know, each child is so different. And so it's like knowing that each adoption is going to look different and being okay with that and knowing that it's on God's timing and not your timing, um, that, 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 that will work out.
1: I love that. Absolutely. Agree. How do you think your experience of placing your baby for adoption has shaped your perceptions of parenthood and your experiences with your younger children? Okay. That's
2: a good question. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't often put the two together. And so it's hard for me to say if I would know any different, cause I don't know any different. I think now that I have children of my own, there is a, wow, wow. That was a hard choice to make because it's like, you know, when, when you see it on this side of motherhood and I get that, you know, when people haven't walked through that, that it's like, wow, I don't know how you could ever, ever choose that of of one of your own children. Um, but it's just, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, there's definitely a love for all of my children. And I think now that Lexi is such a part of ours, I don't know that I look at it any differently. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, you know, there's definitely that appreciation, you know, and just that extra deep love, but I think I would have had that anyways. Awesome. I love that. Yeah.
1: I don't know if that's helpful or not, but (laughs) I think it's one of those things where it makes sense when, yeah you've experienced something like that and
2: yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. works.
1: It'll work. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the biggest challenges you feel like the adoption community faces?
2: Um, you know, I'm still kind of new to the adoption community um, only within the last like three years or so. And so I, I think the biggest thing is again, and I think this is a lot of the culture is just um, Maybe not being so offended by everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that people are trying the best they can to navigate adoption. And so, you know, I know people ask me, you know, oh, I'm so sorry that I said, you know, gave up or, you know, and not place. And I'm like, it, it's okay. We're all, I, I prefer place. If you use give up, that's not going to hurt my feelings. I, I totally yeah. get it. And so I think navigating out of love and, and, and rather being, you know, upset by you know a way that somebody's talking about something or a way that somebody's going about something. You know, especially on social media, you know, people are really quick to criticize. You know, and so I think that is hard in the adoption community. But it also can be so helpful because I think you reach more um, and you're going to touch more than um, you will receive of the negative. And so I think just encouraging people to keep going, regardless of the negative feedback that they're going to get because that's just kind of part of it. Um, but know that, that, that's just that, that part just kind of turn an ear to that, but, um, and just give everybody grace that it's like, we're all trying to navigate through this. There is no adoption handbook. You know, there's not a, this is how you're supposed to do it. And this is the way it's supposed to look. And so I think just giving everyone involved just more grace, it would be amazing. I love that. I think that's
1: great advice for all of life in general too. But absolutely. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. All right. So on Instagram, I've seen sometimes you'll post some videos or different informative things about adoption. So are you working to educate people or is that just more like a fun thing to connect? Like, yeah. What's your purpose with that?
2: Yeah, both. So I think when Lexi and I very first started sharing, like I said, three years ago, we got so much love and support that I knew we needed to keep doing it. And so, um, I do it more for anybody that it may touch that day. Um, because I want people to see that, my life is not perfect. Our relationship is not perfect. Adoption can be super, super messy, but it can also be so beautiful. And so if sharing that with other people, like gives them hope or, you know, encouragement, that's why I continue to share about it. I love that. All right. Is there anything else that you want to talk about today? Anything in your heart that Um, not that I can think of just that, um, you know, I'm so honored to be on here and share and just glorify the faithfulness of God in our story. Um, and again, just hopefully, you know, inspire someone or encourage someone that is, you know, navigating their own adoption story or, you know, thinking about adoption or thinking of placing for adoption or adopting. Um, just that I hope that this gives them, you know, encouragement and, and faith in that.
1: I love that. So beautiful. So where can our listeners find you on Instagram?
2: Okay. So my Instagram handle is chasing cross nose. Um, I've got four kiddos and I feel like that's a lot of the times what I'm doing. So I'm chasing cross nose over on Instagram. I love that. <laughs> and I guess I should ask, are you on other things too? That? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. Um, Kathy Crosno. And but I think that's it. Cool. That's plenty for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I I also want to share um as far as like birth moms, one of the um organizations that I found super helpful is called Brave Love. And they're at Bravelove.org and they're on my Instagram as well. But they are a great um, nonprofit that really loves on birth moms. And I think that that is such a really, really cool platform that they've done. I
1: love them, too. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Really appreciate it. I love talking to you. It was an honor. Thank you for asking
0: Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Open Adoption Project. We just want to give a huge thanks to Kathy for sharing her story with us and just helping us understand even more. If you're interested in following Kathy, you can find her on Instagram at Chasing and we'll make sure that we put a link to that in the show notes. Also check out openadoptionproject.org for more information about the podcast. We'll be back next week with a new episode where we'll hear from Katie, both an adoptee and birth mother, who has a great story. Thanks so much for listening.